with rising billions, disrupting tradition, always be closing, gaining exponential wisdom from street smart strategies. I dream the kind of dreams that other people said would not be possible. Free your mind. Nothing happens till something moves. I'm a big fan of going all in on your strengths. Create your blue ocean. Innovation and collaboration with competition. Do you want to sell sugar water for the rest of your life? Or do you want to come with me and change the world? Creating uncontested market space. I worry that people don't tap into their strengths. Wealth creation and a new economy entrepreneur. There is a very thin dividing line between success and failure. Witnessing unprecedented technology. You can fail at what you don't want. So you might as well take a chance on doing what you love. Welcome to the Think Bold, Be Bold Show with Christopher Cumbie and Alan Witch. Hi, it's Christopher Cumbie with Think Bold, Be Bold. Here with my awesome co-host, Alan Witch is in the house. What's going on, Alan? I'm in the house, having a great day so far, Mr. Christopher Cumbie. And it nice. is nice and sunny outside, and I'm assuming it's probably nice and sunny in your neck of the woods. Uh, absolutely. We're getting some beautiful weather. You know, kicking off the new year, brother. Kicking off 2017. And, man, our guest list and, and you know, our past guests have been amazing, but it just keeps getting better. Keeps getting and, better. Keeps getting better. I'd like sure. to say that it's us, but I'm not sure that's the case. <laughs> Well, I'm sure we get a little bit better each time and, you know, but certainly attracting the people and, and the skill sets and, and wow, what they're doing out there and helping others. Uh, this year is stacked, to tell you the truth. It is. We've got some amazing stuff coming, um, you know, the live as well. We've got some things up our sleeves when it comes to using social media and where we're going with that on Facebook and Instagram and um, obviously you and I just spend a lot of time on Twitter but you know what's going to come in 2017 you know from a new technology and that's the beauty about you know the world we live is technology is making it easier for people to get in the game and not having to you know put all this money out and we're going to show you some great tips and that's why we have well I'm excited about our guest today because Man, he's been around a lot of years, but he's also grown with the way the world is and giving you the golden nuggets. So get out your journal, as I always say. Alan, you always do the great pleasure of introducing our uh, our guest. So let's get at it. Well, you're on a roll, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take your roll and keep going. We're talking about a guest today that can blend old with new and taking old technology and old way of marketing using new technologies and new gifts for the same message. And uh, our guest today talks about uh, the fact that you've got to market what you have and what you do because your genius is not just in the information, but the genius is also in getting the information in the hands and the ears you know, of those that can use it and apply it to make their life and make their business a little bit better than what it was before they applied it. And in order to do that effectively, you've really got to know who your audience is. You've got to know what your product is. And then you've got to figure out the best way to market that product, not take a product and throw it onto the landscape that everybody else is throwing around. That may or may not be the right landscape. And today, our guest is going to teach us what the right landscape is for us individually, how that applies, and uh, the, the way he's done it. And he's built a list of 9 million people without the Internet. 
So, um, and the number is staggering, Whoa. but he, tr yeah, big number, big number. Um, and he's done it uh, prophetically, and he's done it in a way that um, I think it, it is very simple, but is very calculated. And he's been able to apply that process then over, the, over these last several years to really be able to uh, put himself in a position where there's not much that there's not much in the marketing venue that he hasn't that he hasn't done himself. See, there's two ways to market. You can market the way somebody else tells you to. Or you can market the way that you find success in doing it yourself from the wisdom of other people. And that's what our guest has done today. So, without further ado, Brian Kurtz, welcome to the Think Bold Be Bold podcast show. Oh, it's a pleasure to be here, and with that buildup, it's like, whoa! I better come up with something good. I I I'm, I, I was like scrambling to figure out like where, where I go I better go find something good to talk about um, but <laughs> you know the world has, the world is, you know it, it's funny you know the, the world has changed so much in terms of how we market things and how we sell things and how we communicate and yet I think you kind of said it and implied it that a lot of things haven't changed and the thing that hasn't changed is human nature and how people um, react to certain types of stimuli and you know, human behavior just hasn't changed. I mean, two of the greatest books that I've ever read on marketing and advertising, one is called Scientific Advertising by a guy by the name of Claude Hopkins, and it was written in 1923. And another is Breakthrough Advertising, written by a guy by the name of Gene Schwartz, both of whom are, you know, pioneers in marketing and advertising who are both profiled in my book. But in both cases... A book that was written in 1923 and a book that was written in 1966, as those books get reprinted, not one word gets changed, and they're 100% relevant. How does that happen? It happens because human nature doesn't change. The media has changed, and the way, the speed at which we can communicate obviously has changed, and you guys are fantastic at that, both not just with this podcast, but, you know, you do a lot on Twitter and you do a lot on Facebook. So, you know, I guess I should start with Facebook didn't invent everything. Um, but knowing where everything came from is good, but there's an incredible merging of, as you said, the old and the new, and knowing where everything came from will make you better in the new. I'm, I'm convinced of it. For sure. And, you know, you said something about, um, 1923. Isn't it amazing, um, that, you know, it's several really great books. I mean, Napoleon Hill. Um, is another one that comes to mind, you know, written back in the early 1900s, and the relevance of it today is still so strong. And, you know, I often think about, the, you know, the world got really noisy, and um, some of these things uh, maybe slipped through the cracks a little bit, but yet, and, and I love the fact that you brought it back in and said, hey, listen, folks, this is like the stuff you need to know. Um, so tell us about that journey, uh, Brian, because I'm always interested in, you know, where'd you start? You know, obviously you've done uh, really well for yourself. You're connected with some amazing people. You're all over social media yourself. And, and I see you pop up in, you know, areas where I'm like, he knows Joe Polish and, <laughs> and, and speaking you know, with Joe's <laughs> event. right. And, and <laughs> things like that. And uh, it excites me because you've been on this journey and, and, um, you know, but I'd like to know where it started, and I think our audience always gets uh, fired up about that because it becomes possible for them as well, um, yeah. you know, especially especially hearing you know how that journey uh, obviously created some probably some adversity for you too. 
Yeah, I think that you know I wasn't um, you know when I'm on podcasts that are that are predominantly entrepreneurs, and I am one. Um, the majority of my career, though, and certainly the beginning of my career, I was not the kitchen table startup guy. So when I came out of college, and you know I, I came from pretty middle class environment. Um, I wasn't poor. I wasn't rich. Um, you know, my parents gave me a choice. You can go to a state school or a state school. And so it was very much, you know, what, what, what are you going to do when you get out? And it had to be a job and it was going to be work. And I thought I was going to be a writer. I thought I was going to be, you know, I was an English major. So I figured I'd be the next film critic for the New York Times. Who knew? And, um, I fell into this direct marketing thing and, you know, at Boardroom, which was a company in 1981 that was about a $3 million business selling newsletters and books. And the interesting thing is, you know, you got to get lucky, but they always say right place, right time. But as soon as I got to this organization that I wasn't the startup guy, the guy who started it was this guy, Marty Edelston. But I recognized very quickly that looking at someone who was the kitchen table entrepreneur is someone that I wanted to emulate. And the best way to emulate is to work your ass off and basically show your value as much and as quickly as possible. And I came up with this thing, and if, if, you, if you write the word intrapreneur with an I, um, it gets spell-checked because it's not a word. But right. I have to say, you know, and, and when, I, when I look at my career and I talk about my, my, my journey, it's basically from intrapreneur to entrepreneur because I didn't start the company but then when I became a partner and I made myself so valuable as sort of a second rainmaker, which is rare. You know, you go into an entrepreneurial organization, usually it's the entrepreneur that's got all the good ideas and no one else has any ideas, right? Right. And so Marty understood that it was hard to get ideas past him because he was the guy. I mean, he was the guy that started the company. He was the, 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 the rainmaker. But when you start proving yourself on the battlefield with ideas, and not all of them is gonna, are going to get approved because, remember, you're the, you're the second guy. But if you keep on relentlessly pursuing uh, the, the greatest new ideas, you, you read, you educate yourself. I mean, what I did to make myself a second rainmaker in a company where I don't think Marty ever thought there would be a second rainmaker, that was sort of the key to my journey so that, and I did have an entrepreneurial spirit, but I didn't have that spirit that said I was unemployable. I couldn't work for anybody. So I had a little bit, you know, there are some people that they last six months after college working for somebody and said, this ain't going to work. I mean, I can't, I just can't work for somebody. That wasn't my problem, but I did need to spread my wings, but I was patient. You know, I really spent my time understanding the business, reading everything, learning about all the greats, trying to find mentors. And again, I'm, I'm a big believer is, you know, your mentors, you know, you don't really choose your mentors. Your mentors end up choosing you because you go out and, and I've, I've written about this and I've talked about it because why I know all these people today that are so awesome is that I spent time contributing to as many people as I could on the way up so that when I got to a certain level of expertise, they just wanted to help me. They wanted to be my mentor. I didn't even have to ask them. Right. And the opportunity of being this entrepreneur at this company was really the beginning of that journey. So once I became, you know, a partner in the business, it became a lot easier to initiate my own ideas. 
And I truly was, you know, the entrepreneur within the organization that didn't start the company. How sweet is that? And then as Marty got older and started getting less involved in the business, you know, so much of the, of the rainmaking fell on me. Um, and, you know, that, without getting into, like, every little detail and every little sure. nook and cranny, I mean, I took Marty and I together, and he always gave me credit for, you know, being his partner in the business. Um, we took the business from $5 million in 1981 to a high of 100 and, almost $160 million in the mid-2000s. And the reason why we were able to do that was because of marketing. We had great products. We, you know, had, we had health newsletters. We had consumer newsletters. We had health books. We had financial books. But we were helping consumers all over the, all over the country. But without great marketing, we never would have been able to make the impact that we did. And so we're not going from $5 million to $150 million without understanding all different media, not just online or offline, but both. Uh, in fact, I own the URL, singlechannelmarketingissoboring.com. <laughs> and by channel, meaning the different places you can advertise, whether it's you know, direct mail, Facebook, print, TV, radio, newspapers, whatever. And so I never met a medium I didn't like. And it wasn't that... I had to be on Facebook is that I had to figure out could Facebook work for what I wanted to do in the world. If it didn't, I'd go somewhere else for my advertising. Right. So learning all of that about multi-channel, what we call multi-channel marketing, knowing that to be a slave to, to my numbers and to marketing was so important. I think that's sort of the key to the success. And I tried to give you 35 years in about, you know, three or four minutes, but it's hard. <laughs> <laughs> I bet, I bet. Condensing <clears throat> it down, I mean, you know, today uh, with uh, with the social media channels and um, where do you like to play a lot uh, right now? Just uh, from your perspective, uh, what's been working well? You know, I got to tell you, I, I, I went from a, being a consumer publisher, meaning consumer direct marketer, where I was going out directly to consumers to sell newsletter subscriptions and books, and direct mail was the best. Then we got into TV, we did space, we went into a lot of online medium like email, and frankly, the best that worked for those kinds of information products in terms of the quality of subscribers and book buyers were def was definitely direct mail because of the engagement factor. Right. Now, it was still very expensive so that we had to combine it with all, those other, all the other media, um, but you know, email, didn't, email marketing didn't work anywhere near as well as direct mail, but it was very important. As I've gone out on my own in the last two years, where now my business, my personal business, is more B2B, not B2C, mm -hmm. business to business, not business to consumer, um, where I'm selling other entrepreneurs to be in mastermind groups with me, mm -hmm. to be consulting clients for me, um, I would say the medium that I use the most is still some form of direct mail and email combined, um, meaning that you know I want to write to people, I want to send them books, I want to I want to I want to communicate with them in a very personalized way because I'll be dealing with them in an intimate way. But email follow up is very very important. Um, but frankly, for doing great B two B prospecting to get quality people to be working with me at a very high level. Um, it's not happened on Facebook. Now, Facebook enables me, you know, I think you just mentioned, I spoke at a Joe Polish event, and 
the the presentation I gave there that he put up on Facebook Live went sort of viral, and then I ended up selling a bunch of my books. A lot of people were inquiring, who is this guy? I thought he was a dinosaur. He actually knows what he's talking about. And so, you know, it's really, when you say what's working the best, I, I'm never going to say one thing. Sure, because single sure. channel marketing is so boring.com. And in addition, you know, you've got to combine all the media. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's all about multi-channel. And in fact, my, my high-end mastermind group that I formed has 25 companies that are all committed to multi-channel. Is online their number one resource for what they do? Absolutely. It's the cheapest. It's got the lowest barrier to entry. Sure. You can do the most amount of things quickly. You get your response quickly. But they're all looking at direct mail. They're all looking at TV. They're all looking at radio. They're all looking at, believe it or not, newspaper and magazine space advertising, which actually is a bargain these days. Right. So... You know, what I'd like to say to your audience of entrepreneurs is, you know, a phrase I use when I spoke to a group of entrepreneurs in Hungary, of all places. Um, you know, I'd say Hungarian entrepreneurs, and you'd say, wow, that's an oxymoron. You know, that's a country <laughs> that was communist till 1989. Right. But there are people that want to learn marketing. And what I said to them is marketing isn't everything. It's the only thing. And that's not coming from a guy who's a marketing whore. I mean, I'm not like the kind of guy that wants to sell anything to anybody under any circumstance. But if you have a mission or a vision to share with the world, if you're not thinking about all the different ways that you can get it out there and that it's not just one thing, you're going to be not as satisfied with what your mission or vision is because you'll be reaching dozens of people instead of millions. Right. And so, you know, even entrepreneurs who don't really want to do marketing and don't want to sell and they have an arm that does it for them in their company, or they outsource it completely to not understand that it's probably the most important thing in your company is a huge, huge mistake. Can I talk about direct mail for one moment? And, and one of the sure. observations that I've, um, I've experienced and you know, watching the world go digital, I get super excited about mail. I mean, other than the bills yeah. that come in, obviously. But when something comes addressed to me, um, whether I ordered a book or, you know, I did something on Amazon, but, you know, when I get a piece of um, literature, uh, an article, and I've subscribed to a few, um, they come in the mail, and I'm super excited to read them. It's a newsletter, gives me some insight. You know, I, I just, less and less people are doing it, but I think people really still enjoy picking up a piece of mail. And, you know, talking about that direct mail piece and working with larger clients, I mean, that was one of my strategies. I own a consulting, you know, firm. Um, and what we have always done is we prospect, um, you know, you build that digital DNA that we all need to have because people will search you on the internet right away. Uh, but what one of the, you know, separating facts was that I would send a personal letter signed and then I would send some information via email in a courier so that it went right to the guy at the top and he opened it up because that's what he does. That's what he goes in early to do. Sure. Sure. <laughs> and and you if anybody's Josh and I did an interview, it's on my website. Um, and it's it says the title of it is everybody's going right, time to go left. Right. And it's a very interesting thing because in that interview, and this was only done a few years ago, 
where, you know, the numbers, I used to mail 150 million pieces a year in direct mail. Wow. You know, those days are gone. I mean, in terms of even broad-based consumer direct mail, even the banks can't mail the kind of numbers that they used to mail uh, for credit cards. So the numbers are way down, which means the mailboxes are emptier. I always say the, the least sure. crowded inbox is the one you grew up with, assuming mm -hmm. you're over 30 years old or 35 years old. And, you know, it's a very interesting thing that the companies that I'm working with now that are the most dynamic are the ones that are crushing it in their online digital content, but they're actually supplementing their online marketing with some offline marketing. And I'm even, I'm even creating full-blown direct mail campaigns for people who've done, you know, $10 million launches online for 100% digital product. So to your point, when I walk into a consulting assignment now, and almost all of them are you know, pretty much 100% online, and, and so I walk in, and, and in one case it was a little, sometimes it's, it's, it's very high-priced product, but they're still not understanding the value of multimedia. They're not mm -hmm. understanding that you can combine direct mail with email, with phone calls, with everything. I mean... It's not one thing. It's a combination of things. But okay. I, I do this one exercise that you'll really appreciate based on what you just said is that I get to the table, and usually there's a meeting room, and I try to find the youngest person around the table, usually someone in their 20s, and I, I'm usually a wise-ass about it. And I look at, in this particular case, I remember it was a woman, and I said, just got to ask you a question. Do you, do you know what a mailbox is? And she would say, you know, she'd look at me like, yeah, of course I do. I said, you know, not, now not the one, not your, your email mailbox, the one that's at the end of your driveway or the one that's in your lobby of your building. She goes, yeah, I know what you're talking about. So then I said, okay, you're 24. I said, how old are you, 24? I said, you're 24 years old. When you walk out to the mailbox to pick up your mail, do you check your mail more than like once a week? She goes, no, I check my mail every day. You know, I'm, I'm trying to like lead up to it. And then I said, when you go to the mailbox and you pull out stuff and there's this, you know, if there, there are only a few things in it. And there's this one thing that's like a lumpy package that's hand-addressed to you. i got to tell you, are you opening that before you go back to your computer inside and get back on email? She goes, I'm opening that before I get back into my house. Right. And so, you know, you made a good point about the, the courier and the attention getting. But here's the thing. People think of direct mail as junk mail and as the mail you get, you know, for subscriptions for books, for credit card solicitations, for charitable fundraisers, and they see it as just, you know, junk mail throwaway in a number 10 envelope, and it's been mailed in the millions. But keep in mind, sending out 10 Federal Express packages with a copy of your new book to your 10 best clients to get them to learn about a new product or service that you're offering, maybe you're a financial planner or something, I'm making it up. Sending out those 10 Federal Express packages personalized, that's also direct mail. Right. And so for people to understand that sending direct mail in the millions, which I did, and sending direct mail in the dozens, which I do now, is the same principle. It's the principle of engagement. It's the principle of writing a letter that people are going to read and that every sentence in your letter, whether it's a, and even a handwritten note, that every sentence you write means you're going to be able to read the next sentence or that you want to read the next sentence. You know, great copy and great creative and great writing 
has never gone out of style. You know, and, and the people that wrote the books in the 20s and 30s and 40s and 50s and 60s about copy and about copywriting and about direct marketing and about direct mail, the stuff is timeless. It's just that you then adapt it to the new media. And so I'm glad you mentioned direct mail because it's not dead. It's an amazing medium. And the fun thing for me after growing up in direct mail and now being, you know, totally multi-channel is there's an appetite for people in online marketing today to diversify their marketing mix by looking at direct mail if they feel that they can create physical product from their digital product and create compelling and engaging promotion that would lend itself to telling a story in direct mail as opposed to something that people are going to click off on an email in a heartbeat. Yeah, and I, and I, I like everything that you're saying, uh, Brian, because I think in, in today's environment, the, especially entrepreneurs that are maybe new to the game are coming in and they're thinking of, of marketing as only electronic. And that's what a lot of the, the social networks talk about. If you're going to do marketing, you've got to be electronic marketing. Well, the, the challenge that, that I know that I've seen, because I'm more of the old school when it comes to physical marketing, I like, like what you said, I like to receive things in the mail. I, I, like you, like you, you sent out to me uh, one of your book and, and uh, you know, a couple of DVDs and, and CD sets, and that's fantastic. I get that, and I'm all excited about it. But it also engages me with you. See, I become important at that point as your customer. That's right. And yeah. that's something you cannot get electronically. So when no, I no, let me take it a step further. You know, I, I wrote a blog last week. As a matter of fact, it was called "How You Sell Is How They Respond," and I, I use this example. I won't go into the whole details of the example, but it was basically the initial thing that went out. How much you engaged with the customer in that direct mail? One was very simple. It was like a one-page letter with kind of a gimmick to get you to subscribe. And the other was a 64-page bookalog. We called it a bookalog. It's like a little, almost like a little digest book that was actually the promotion to sell the same thing. So let's call it one-page letter versus 64-page bookalog. So the one-page letter got a lot higher response rate, but not as many people paying up. The bookalog got way fewer to engage immediately, a lower response rate, but more people paid up because their expectation of what they got after they got the bookalog was more in line with what their expectation was. And lo and behold, a year later, the people that subscribed through the bookalog, the 64 pages, actually renewed at a higher rate because they were engaged at the initial phase, at the initial spot in a much different way. So you hit it on the head with your thing about being engaging in email, we'll use email as an example, being engaging in an email or even a Facebook ad versus a direct mail package, you may not get that initial impulse response, but the people that will show up from responding to something that you engage with in that deeper level are the people that will probably have a much higher lifetime value, meaning they will stay with you longer, buy more from you, be more loyal to you, and they'll be more... Um, you know, um, they're more wedded to your product because you spent a lot more time and real estate, as we call it, in marketing. Real estate marketing would be how much space you use to actually sell them. Um, all of a sudden, you're going to get a much, it's, it's quality over quantity. And, and, you know, this idea of building a 9 million name list without the Internet, which is one of the little headlines on my webpage, 
you know, it's not magic. It didn't, and it didn't happen fast. You know, we didn't get to 9 million names fast. We got to 9 million names over, you know, 15 years of incredibly engaging direct mail that brought customers in that stayed with us for a very long time because of how we engaged them. Yes. Right. So it's a relationship you can do that online. First. I mean, building, a lot of people do a great job with content marketing online, but you got to be committed to it. You can't be impatient. You can't be, you know, into the quick hit all the time, the quick fix. Right. No, you're not there. You're not able to see it. If they can't, there's something about holding tangible product in your hand to strengthen a relationship. And I don't care what industry you're in. I don't care if you're going to the doctor's office. I'd much rather go see, talk to the doctor than talk to him over the phone. Because the perceived value, if there's nothing more than that, the perceived value is so much higher. The credibility is so much higher. So when you receive something in the mail and it's tangible and you hold it, even if it's a letter, it's personal. It's to you. It's not to anybody else. It's to you. You own it. And there's a relationship built there that you just can't get through the digital media. Not that digital media is bad. It's not. But it's only one of the major sources for building That's that relationship. Correct. Perfectly. Well said. Brian, this is a new year, uh, an amazing one, I'm sure, for a lot of people with, you know, where, uh, you know, 2016 opened up just so many new technologies. Um, you know, the way of the world is changing. Um, you know, obviously we po follow Peter Diamantis and uh, just love uh, the information coming out of that. What's uh, what's happening on your um, you know horizon, and and what are some of the you know important things that uh, you're working on? So I just I just published a book, um, which awesome. I'm really proud of. Um, it's called The Advertising Solution, uh, and I'm I only reason I mention it because I'm going to do another book next year. But um, and this book is carrying over into the new year. And it's, it's, it's a really cool book because what I did was, and it's definitely related to what we've talked about today, that um, my co-author, Craig Simpson, and I took six grades of advertising, all dead. I, I call it, you know, six dead madmen, you know, the, the madmen right. from advertising, right? right? A bunch of these were. Um, and these are six guys who were classified as, quote-unquote, advertising men, but they understood direct response advertising at its core level. So it's exciting for me, you know, the end of this year and then going into next year is now I've gotten to share these six legends. Um, by the way, it's David Ogilvie, John Caples, uh, Claude Hopkins, Robert Collier, uh, Gary Halbert, and Gene Schwartz. I don't know if any of your listeners have heard of any of them, but if, if the, the, the well, satisfying piece is that I'm bringing these six guys to a whole new generation of marketers who would never have gotten exposed to them and given them a shortcut to getting all the greatest hits, as it were, from these six guys and everything that they taught about researching the customer, about all the elements of how to write a great sales letter, which means you could, same as for an email, by the way, uh, right. all the elements of how to, um, um, how to create showmanship in your promotion, which is what we just talked about, you know, three-dimensional mailings and things like that. These are the guys that invented it, and so all of that. So I'm so excited about being sort of this bridge that connects the eternal truths of, the, of, of, of direct marketing and advertising, bringing it into the present, and then how it all can be adapted to all of our future marketing. And I got to tell you, you know, I'm 58 years old. 
most of the people I grew up with in direct marketing in the 80s and 90s are either dead because I did have a lot of old mentors. I, I think I want to write a book, All My Mentors Are Dead, which is a bummer. Um, but I had a lot of old guys because they had the most wisdom. And so a lot of them are gone. How do we make sure we keep them alive? But then more importantly, there are a lot of people who are my age now who, when the Internet came, they were scared. They were like, this is too overwhelming to me. You know, I got to stick with direct mail. I got to stick with print. You know, I think it's going to catch on this Internet thing, but I'm just not prepared for it. And what I decided quickly, and thank God I did, is I said, this Internet, the Internet is going to be the ultimate direct response medium. It's going to be a medium where people will be able to advertise, get immediate results. We'll be able to do testing on the fly, like getting results and then changing things quickly. Whereas direct mail, it was all tough because it was paper and it was printing and you had to pay postage and all of that. So I'm, I'm super excited about, you know, continuing this mission as the bridge of the guy who kind of not only didn't give up when the internet came about, but said, how do we incorporate all of the eternal truths of direct response marketing into the internet to, to, to be the guy that's going to be, I was there, you know, I was in the room where it happened. Um, you know, that's a, that's a quote from the show Hamilton. Um, and, and I'm, I'm, I want to be able to make sure that I share all of that before I'm gone. And so, it's a, it's a big mission, and the way I do that is, you know, I've got the one book, The Advertising Solution, which your folks can get at thelegendsbook.com, and I'll, I'll tell them about all the bonuses I'm giving them as well to, to support my mission of, of being the bridge. But then I'm going to do another book this next year. I've got two mastermind groups, one for high-end, sophisticated direct response marketers who want to be committed to multi-channel, and then a second group, a mastermind group, that are, I call it the master class, which is, are the people who are all the up-and-comers and the next generation of great marketers who I want to bring together so the marketers and the entrepreneurs and the copywriters can all be in the same room um, sharing ideas, growing together. Um, and that second mastermind group is kind of... I'm excited about both because I think I got to make sure that the the big guys continue to go forth and multiply in big ways. But the smaller guys, the up and comers, they're the ones I'm putting like my stock in. Literally, I mean, there are some companies that I'm actually investing in. So I'm just excited about investing in companies, investing in people, writing about my world that I learned and how I can share it because I think it's the best time ever clearly, in the history of the world, to be in marketing, to be in advertising, to be sharing your mission or vision with the world, because we have so much at our fingertips. Advertising opportunities are infinite. And to be at the forefront of that with all the great people, you know, bringing, I mean, all my mastermind groups, you know, I bring in the legends that are still alive. I mean, a lot of them are dead, but the ones who are still alive, they all come and speak to my groups. Um, and I, you know, I did an, uh, an epic event in 2014 called the Titans of Direct Response where I started this mission of being the bridge by bringing all of the people who were still alive in the direct marketing world to create an epic event so they could all speak and share. And that was sort of the beginning of what I've just explained to you of what 
I'm so excited about going into the new year. Well, it's you've amazing. done a, yeah, you've done a, a great job, uh, Brian, out of out of uh, putting all this stuff together. And I'm going to go back real quick to what you said a, a little bit earlier in in our discussion here. You said, "Be patient, find mentors, contribute to many on the way up." And I want to transfer that now real quickly to your book. And I'm going to I'm going to promote you just a little bit here. Uh, your advertising solution. You've got a number of great people in <laughs> that have endorsed you in this book. Uh, from Yannick Silver to Joel Polish to uh, Greg Ranker, uh, Ranker, you know the the co-founder of Guthrie Ranker. But I want to read real quick so everybody be real patient with me. What Jay Abrams said about your book, and uh, you know, marketing isn't just what you know what you say or what I say about. Uh, what we do. It's about how others perceive us, the value that we are able to transfer to them and that they're able to use and then apply to what they're doing, but also then to share the wisdom. And here's what he says. He says, the advertising solution is a short course or tour de France primer, if you will, on the very best of direct marketing principles that universally endure and profoundly perform. Brian Kurtz and Craig Simpson, your co-author, have produced a rather unexpected and integrative tour guide for grasping decisively how the most powerful, profitable, and predictive direct response performance principles were discovered. Then take you on a no-nonsense, non-theoretical, total actionable distillation and experimental application guide for how to apply these methods right now in whichever market you choose to form an activity you do with consistently increased performance and a bottom line that boosts results. So I can't think of something better for somebody to say about what you're doing than what Jay said right there. It kind of sums it all yeah, up. Yeah, you know, I'm really proud. I've forgotten that, 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 that particular testimonial, um, but you make a good point. It's sort of like that. that is my mission in a nutshell, and it's not just the book. Right, um, right. Which is really important. Also, you know, if you notice... It, those endorsements. So Jay Abraham, you would, he's a little older than me, but if you noticed, I got endorsements from people like Jeff Walker, Ryan Levesque, Yannick mm -hmm. Silver, you mentioned, um, you know, people who are on the forefront of online marketing today, um, endorsing a book about six dead guys who, you know, one of whom, you know, died in 1937, uh, Claude Hopkins. So mm -hmm. that to me tells me that I'm onto something here. Um, well, I knew I was. I just wanted to reinforce it. And um, my next book is actually going to be called Over Delivery. And the concept of over delivery is such a direct marketing concept, but it's also a life concept. And I'm not going to be a personal development guy anytime soon, but um, I think the linkage between the difference we can make in the world if we are just kick-ass marketers is so much more profound than anything else we can do. You know, I, I, I've been speaking internationally a bit over the last couple of years too, which I'm really excited about. And I stood on a stage in, um, in Paris with a bunch of French entrepreneurs, which also sounds a little oxymoronic, but you know, there are, <laughs> there is a new group of entrepreneurs budding up in France. And I stood up there and I said, I have three questions for you. I said, the first question was, you know, how many of you have a mission or a vision you absolutely want to share with the world? And I'm thinking, no, I'm in a room of entrepreneurs, right? They should all raise their hand. So, of course, they don't all raise their hand. And a lot of them do, but a lot of them don't. And I, then I, my second question was, how many of you um, 
never raise your hand at any conference or anywhere you ever go in public. So now I've got them sheepishly all raising their hands, kind of. <laughs> then my third question was, how many of you would like to reach millions of people with that mission or vision rather than dozens? And if, none of, if anybody who doesn't raise their hand now, you might as well leave because the rest of my speech is going to be really boring because I want you to know that I'm going to teach you how to really feel good about marketing, that it's not evil, that you, know, you always market that, and this is, what, this is great advice for all of your entrepreneurs, you always market congruently with who you are and what you want to be in the world and whatever branding, whatever branding you're putting on yourself, but you do it in a way that's comfortable for you. So some people, if they talk like, like a, 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 a guy in a, in a back alley, their promotion could sound like it's from a back alley. But if you, know, if you talk like an educator, then your, your copy should talk like an educator. That doesn't mean you don't sell. It doesn't mean you don't market. It doesn't mean you don't you know, push the envelope a bit, whether it's the, the figurative envelope or the literal one in direct mail. But regardless, you are congruent. And therefore, I'm getting people in France. I'm getting people in Hungary. I'm getting people in Germany. I'm getting people in, um, in, in the Netherlands where I've, those countries are the ones I've spoken in, to really understand that, you know, there's nothing evil and you're going to do this at your own pace and, and in, in your own image. And that's what I would say to everybody who's listening, who's an entrepreneur, who's not a marketer, who doesn't know that marketing can be really consistent with who you are and what you want to be in the world and what you want to share. Perfect. I love it. I love it. Um, just listening in and, and taking some notes, um, you know, I, I went to Amazon actually, and that was, I ordered your book, so I wanted and to get on top of it. Amazon, you should order from Amazon, though. You should order from thelegendsbook.com. Well, that's and actually... You, what, you can't order from Amazon, but... That's where I went. you go to thelegendsbook.com, yes. and you go on that site, you actually, it'll, t it'll give you a button, so you can go to Amazon or Barnes & Noble or anywhere else you want to buy the book. And then you come back with your receipt to the site. It stays open. It's an open. It opens up a new window, right? So you come back and you send an email with your receipt. And what I'm going to give you from that site, you'll see it's all on there, is you get a swipe file. And swipe files are so important. Swipe files are, you know, um, previous ads written by great guys and great gals who knew what they were doing over the centuries. And... Um, it's a swipe file of all of the best ads that the six guys I profile in the book wrote, like all of their best ads. You get PDFs of all of that. Amazing. Then you get access to videos of three of them, um, uh, David Ogilvy, Gene Schwartz, and Gary Halbert. In fact, there's a, a video of, uh, of David Ogilvy on the David Letterman show, which is hysterical. And so you get all these videos, access to those. And then, in addition, there's a PDF of scientific advertising, which we mentioned at the beginning of this interview, which was the book written by Claude Hopkins in 1923, and it's an illustrated and annotated version by a contemporary copywriter, uh, Bob Lai, and you can, it's a PDF. You can download the whole thing, so you don't even have to read the original book. This is actually a more interesting read, and of course, we profile it in our book, and then there are also some special reports that my co-author, Craig, put on, so you get all of that stuff for buying the book because direct marketing is about over delivery and direct marketing is also about bonuses and it's about 
you know, for a 13 or $14 book, you know, why shouldn't we give you all the stuff that we couldn't fit in the book? Right. And I couldn't fit in 150 pages of ads from these six grades. So we give them to you free if you buy the book at thelegendsbook.com. Sweet. That's where I went, and I have my uh, receipt we'll be going through. And Wow, 2017 <laughs> is going to be exciting, and uh, I just wanted to recap a, a couple of things that I uh, got me excited. You know, what your competitors hope you never see yeah. uh, is one of the titles uh, of, of uh, reviews. So go, I mean, folks, go to the .com, um, legends, uh, the legends the, the, the legendsbook.com. And, uh, and just click through on Amazon, or, or you can go to Barnes & Noble. Uh, as well, and uh, I believe there's another link. Uh, it's called oh, yeah, there's an indie books link. Too. Indie, indie book book as well. So come back with your uh, receipt. But you know, I was just reading through. Um, you know, the eighty twenty of timeless principles for the newbie to the pro, and I love that. And and the fact that you've bridged information. And you know, there's some amazing information written way back when you know there was less noise. Um, and people can actually, you know, apply it to their businesses, made millions, billions in, in some cases. And now, you know, the fact that, uh, you know, Brian and, and, and your, um, your co-author uh, uh, came back and, and said, hey, you know, we're going to bring this to the world and we're going to synthesize it. Um, Craig Simpson, uh, that is. Um, yeah. And you guys are going to uh, synthesize this information so that it becomes relevant in today's age. And... I, I'm just I'm fired up. I'm excited. It's 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 loaded with uh, with opportunity. Well, thank you. I'm 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 really honored. I'm you know I'm talking a mile a minute, but I'm really honored you guys had me on because I know you guys are reaching a group of people that I think can really benefit from this, and I, sure. I love your attitude on. I just love your attitude. You have you both have such such an enthusiastic, you know, uh, view of the world and what what's possible. That's why I. I I really was excited to do this interview with you guys. Well, we appreciate well, it, and thank we are you. excited to have you on very much. So, hey, I want to—I'm going to jump in here real quick as we're as we're talking about that real quick, quick real quick, Chris. <laughs> get my head, get ahead of myself. I'm so excited. I'm so excited. <laughs> um, there, there's a lot of. Uh, I want to uh, talk about something real quick, just real, a little controversial, but it, it's happening real time in uh in the entrepreneurial space there's two kinds of entrepreneurs there are those that data aggregate the wisdom of others and there are there are those that apply learn and apply and and practice uh tools and processes and then get the results and then talk about that and both are are, are valid ways of of marketing um i believe the, the latter has probably more girth when it comes to adding practical application but you've been able to bridge both of those brian and you've been able to, to do it and have the applicable results that you've used to show people the benefits of both. So kudos for having, uh, there's very few Thank people you. I think that can bridge that. And you've right. done that so successfully and you're continuing to do that. And with that I, said, I hadn't heard that, that breakdown. That's brilliant. The way you broke that down in those two groups, because it's a subtle, it's a subtle difference, but it's, it is, it is different. But it's and, different. Um, it is, and um, God, I, and and again, I'm I'm uh, I'm sort of honored to you know be have the ability to maybe beat do that. I mean, it's it's a, it's an ongoing process, but um, yeah, thank you. Thanks, well, you're welcome. Will you come back on the show again? I definitely would come back on your show. Sure. Cool. We'd awesome. Love to have we you. could do a deep dive on one thing, or yeah. you know, Absolutely. maybe we find out what things that you know folks 
would want more information on because, you know, there's a lot of places we could go. I mean, there's one area that I think every entrepreneur needs to pay attention to. You always talk about that that one big thing that, that your guys should do, you know, in the new year. And and one of my favorite things to tell my clients and, and anybody who's thinking about, especially an entrepreneur who's not necessarily a marketer but wants to think about marketing, is do something that Jay Abraham taught me, which is assess your assets. And by assess your assets, you take a look at everything you got. You know, Jay's, my favorite Jay Abraham book is a book called uh, Getting Everything You Can Out of All You've Got. Right. And that's a, an amazing concept because the concept says, you know, we all have our assets. It could be our list. It could be our content. It could be our contacts. It could be whatever. It could be our LinkedIn account, whatever. But you look at all the things you have as your assets, and then how do I attack that with what I want to bring to the world? And that's how you start creating a marketing plan for your life. And I think the most important thing in that is that, uh, you know, as you assess your assets, you really have to think about, you know, what, you know, who your real avatar is, meaning who is the one person, you know, if there was one person that you wanted to reach, who would it be? And how do you find a bunch more like that? And the power of specialization and the power of niche. And that, that could be its own topic because I think too many entrepreneurs come up with great ideas and it's, it's too broad. You sure. know, I, I have a bunch of stories about that, how I've helped entrepreneurs kind of narrow down their niche when they want it to be all things to all people. And I said, look, you know, you're much better off owning a niche before you own the world. We'll get there. Yep. You know, we'll own the world eventually. But let's own something tight, niche, that you can help people at a very, very deep level. It's the, you know, it's the, it's the, it's the mile deep as opposed to the mile wide. But it's true in almost everything I've seen in life over my, my 58 years, and I'm sure you guys have too. You know that people try to be too much, and then the, the broader you go, the less you actually, you know, can can accomplish. Whereas if you go very, very tight, you say, well, that's boring. It's only a small group. But being like game changing and life changing to a small niche, right. to me, I'm seeing it time and time again in the entrepreneurial community and online especially. For you know, sure. Very, very uh, targeted online courses for, you know, um, it, it's just, I, I can't emphasize this one enough. And the biggest mistake entrepreneurs I see making is you're just starting broad and going, you know, starting too broad as opposed to starting very narrow and going out. It's true with copywriters. You know, I always tell new copywriters who I'm training, um, you know, find a niche and just own it. Like, be the best writer about chiropractic. Be the best writer about um, um, blood pressure as opposed to all health. And just own that category, and then all of a sudden, you start branching out and branching out from there. It's such a more powerful way to go, and it really gives you focus, because as you know, you know, I'm sure the three of us will all probably be in the same boat in the ADHD community <laughs> as most entrepreneurs are. And so, you know, this is the, this is what I think separates the great entrepreneurs from the ones who, and, you know, then there are exceptions, of course. You know, there are some people that, you know, a guy like Tony Robbins or somebody like Peter Diamandis, I mean, you know, they're like, you know, but they're, they're, that's, that's, that's rock star, right? 
Right. Yeah, but they, they, all, but they all started. started. Yeah, for sure. They all started they, with a tap root, though, just like a tree. Yeah, they got yeah. one tap root, one root that goes down strong that holds them, and then they branch out. I and mean, it happens right. in nature, but it happens in this business too. And I think that's yeah, just, yeah, good for point. Sure. For sure. You know, an inch wide, mile deep, folks. That's the uh, message Brian just, uh, you know, really articulated. And, you know, Brian, it's that time, man. This show just flies by. Flying by. I'm looking at the uh, watch. But the we, clock yeah, right. But we do watch you back, and uh, we've got a live show. So talking about, um, again, having people call in and, and ask questions, I think, is going to be uh, amazing. And we'd well, love for you yeah. to oh, be do on you a do show. That? Do you, yeah, do, you do live shows? Yeah, we're, we're going, going to, to uh, yeah. A live show coming up. Uh, we've got some uh, tricks up our sleeves uh, as well using social media and uh, having uh, us cast all together. Um, so that's coming. And I, lo- uh, I love that kind of format. Right, I love, I love right. Q&A. Love Q&A. Right? Yeah, we're going to do that, and uh, we certainly want you involved um, in, in that because, uh, you know, your subject line is so relevant. And I just want to recap, and I, and I hope I got it right. Marketing isn't everything. It's the only thing. Only is that thing. correct? <laughs> that is, and in fact, it's a play on the phrase from Vince Lombardi. Actually, Vince Lombardi, I, I looked it up on, on Google. <clears throat> um, Vince Lombardi used, is known for the saying, winning isn't everything. It's the only thing. The only thing. But right. it was actually some right. coach before Vince Lombardi. Right. But yeah, marketing isn't everything. It's the only thing. I love it. Brian, you're amazing. Thank you so yep. much for your time. But before we go, Alan, you know, it's, 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 it's one question we always love asking. And it's so important to end our show. Um, let's go for it, and uh, and I'll say my final goodbyes. I know. I, I, I'm gonna. He he gave us one just a little bit ago, but I'm gonna ask for another one. <laughs> sure. He's <laughs> given so much. Another one. He's given so right. much. Hey, Brian, what uh, what one bold move? What additional bold move would you like to leave with our audience today? Something they can use right now to enhance their game. Yeah. So I'm not. I mean, there's a lot of techniques to do it. But you you've got to be into you got to think building you got to think about building your list. Now you'd say, well, you know, I'm a doctor, I'm a painter, I'm this and that. Everything is about list building. You know, the idea that you're going to live on people um, uh, on word of mouth and referrals it's crazy. You've got to be totally proactive about creating a list creating a tribe, creating an audience for whatever you're doing, and then completely create that. And then, and then it's all about relationship building. So it sounds a little broad, but it can get very granular very, very quickly. You know, it could go down to, you know, go, you know, sign up with one of the services like AWeber or Infusionsoft or MailChimp and start putting your, you know, loading up your email addresses or your LinkedIn addresses, maybe one by one. I mean, I'm talking about granular, you know, list building to start building people that you want to communicate with on a regular basis. There's nothing like it if you want to get your message out. So it was a little broad, but that was the one that popped into my head. Oh, but it's a, but it's a, it's a parent and it, and it's, it's pertinent regardless. For sure. It's timeless. So thank you. Thank you so much, Brian. Thank you. Thank you to our audience for, um, you know, tuning in. Uh, you guys are amazing. This is what the show is all about. It's giving you insight, uh, the golden nuggets, uh, things that you can activate in your business to make it better and bigger and broader, um, you know, for where you're going in your uh, in your future. So thank you. Stay in touch. Uh, info at thinkboldbebold.com. Email us. Uh, we'll have uh, Brian back on. Can't wait. Uh, do a live show. 
uh, and get them on social media as well um, and, and, and talk about all these amazing things. And we'll, uh, we'll, we'll create a, a subject line for that, sure. Brian, uh, to uh, entice people to come and, and learn and, and we'll get granular, uh, granular um, on that as well. So thank you, sir, for being here. Thank you for taking the time out. I know it's um, uh, creeping up on an hour here. So, uh, Alan, always a pleasure, my friend. Likewise, my friend, I enjoy doing this uh, with you. We things are just starting. I look at where, oh, yeah, oh what's what's sure. coming, and it's like we just got in the game, right? And yeah. is is having guys like Brian on, and I and I'm so excited about it. Brian, you rock! I can't wait to see what the next twelve months are gonna are are, sure, are gonna grow you. from today's spawn. I, I think it's great. So, with that said, I appreciate it, uh, Brian. You rock, Chris. As do you. Take us home, my friend. You got it. Thank you to everyone. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And it wouldn't be a show without me saying, do something nice for someone today. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.